Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. So hi, everybody. And today I'm joined by Diana Jean-Jacques. Diana is actually in Philadelphia and she's a registered nurse, but she has a fantastic story to tell. And what's even more intriguing and I find fascinating is what has come out of that. So Diana, do tell us your story. Hi, thanks. Hi, everyone. I'm Diana. I am also known as the RM Boss D, and I am the founder of Life Uninterrupted, where we help women of color who are caring for their aging and ill loved ones navigate the complex healthcare system of today. So about eight years ago, my mom was diagnosed with uterine cancer, and I remember the feeling of confusion, overwhelm, uh, even just talking about it now, goosebumps still come over me when I think about hearing her being diagnosed and my sister turning to me and saying, Donna, is mommy going to be okay? And thinking, oh shit, it's my turn. So as a nurse, I was rather experienced in seeing patients um, receive a diagnosis and their family response and having empathy and sympathy for the pain that they were about to face, but experiencing it firsthand was just a completely different life-changing experience for me, which was why I founded Life Uninterrupted. I wanted to be able to be the bridge for healthcare providers and caregivers and help them know what to prepare for and know what to do next. I just love that. And so out of uh, a very, very hard, sad and difficult situation has come something so amazing where you can help so many people from your experience. And I just love that idea. But going back to your mom, you were also looking after your dad as well, weren't you? Yes. So a few years prior to that, um, my dad had been also diagnosed with cancer. He was diagnosed with colon cancer. And although we weren't as close, um, I was there with him through his hospice experience and saw some of the barriers and and the the challenges that you face that even when you know your parents' wishes, that it's still hard to execute those decisions and have to watch them suffer through pain and ultimately through death. Yeah, absolutely, I can imagine. So with your mother, when when she was diagnosed, obviously being, being closer to her, how did you first feel when you knew that you would have to be the primary caregiver for her? How did, how did you react to that? The best way I can describe it is that it was like a twister had come through my life. I was in my late 20s at the time. And I just remember thinking, not yet. My mom was only 62 at the time of diagnosis. And 
like I said, I was in my 20s and I just thought I had so much more time. She wasn't retired yet. She was still a firecracker with spunky, with energy. And that's why I called my company Life um, Uninterrupted because I just felt that life had suddenly stopped. That's amazing. So tell us more about Life Interrupted. How did that begin? It, it presumably came out of your experience. Yeah, so Life Uninterrupted was started two years ago, right before our lovely pandemic. Um, and I had just been grieving and thinking, um, you know, a few years had passed and I had finally started the grieving process. And I had multiple experience where I felt that patients and their family members didn't know what to do and how to help them. And so I was able to, to provide that sense of empathy and foresight that they needed as caregiver. And I realized even, even more so once the pandemic hit, um, unfortunately, two of my best friends lost about four family members in the pandemic. And being there to hold their hand and walk them through that experience really changed both their and my life. And that's kind of where it came from. As a nurse, I was able to anticipate the things that they would need to have set up, such as home care services, transportation, living wills, advanced directives, all of that uh, healthcare jargon that they don't know. And as a caregiver, I was able to provide that empathy and foresight to the emotional burdens of anger, grief, confusion, frustration. That's amazing. And actually, that's something that, uh, you know, I find I go through because I'm looking after primarily my mother, but my father as well. Um, and my mother is going through some at the moment, having had COVID, having uh, gone through various issues anyway. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with somebody who is having serious mental issues, which is probably brought on or, or intensified by COVID. That frustration, I, I was there just today and I came away feeling so frustrated it feels as though it hits you kind of periodically. It'll, you know, won't be there sometimes and will be there other times. It's not something that just happens and then that's it. You, it goes away forever. It keeps coming back at you, doesn't it? It absolutely is a roller coaster. Um, you know, there's ups and downs. And I think sometimes we as caregivers have this misconception that negative emotions means that we don't want to do the job and therefore we have guilt about those emotions and it, then it becomes cyclic. But caregivers, daughters, whatever you call yourself, right? We're just like anybody else. And it's how we respond and act on those emotions that matter the most. It's not necessarily that I'm angry at my mother for being diagnosed with cancer. I'm angry at the world that this is what was dealt to me. But I would, if I could go back eight years ago, I would do it again a thousand times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't stop you wanting to look after them. Yeah, it can. It can. In my in my case, to be honest, my mother, truthfully, is um, because of the mental state. I can't deal with that. That's one thing that's kind of out of my psyche, out of my knowledge, and I don't know how to deal with that. So that's proving a real challenge for me, just to learn a bit more about that, so that I can help her more. So, you know, we all get different challenges along the way. But going back to your business now, 
You said earlier on that it was for primarily women of color, but is it open to anybody? Oh, it's absolutely open to everyone and anyone. It's just that as a woman of color, that those experiences are, you know, personal to me. And unfortunately, especially here in America, there is a large distrust and gap in the healthcare system. And there's not enough women of color or people of color um, healthcare providers. And so I try to act as that, you know, liaison, so to speak, for that community. No, that's brilliant. I just wanted to know, actually, do you find that there are many men who are caregivers? So statistically here in um, America, it's about, it's majority women, 60% are women. Um, My brother, they lost their mother too, but they definitely weren't caregivers. Um, My older brother is also a nurse um, and their method of coping was definitely avoided. So uh, culturally I'm Haitian, I'm American and the patriarchal uh, idea that women are the ones who care for people is definitely there. I think to some extent, from my experience, is, is that, I mean, I don't have any kind of any brothers anyway, but I just feel, and I'm, I'm not saying this from any statistical leverage, but I feel that in society, even in the UK, just general society, it still turns and feels like it's always the woman's place to do that. I, I do believe it's changing. That's the good news. But obviously the, the people who are sort of changing that for the most part haven't yet got to the stage in their life where they might be caregiving for someone. Obviously in your case, in your 20s, and there are plenty of people, but the majority of people are a bit older. So it will filter through, but I feel that you know it's still looked upon as the woman who deals with that more I hope I'm not offending anybody by saying this (laughs) but that's just how I view it as I say no statistics this is my own opinion so I apologize if I've upset anyone by saying that anyway Diana it's been wonderful talking to you so where can people find more about your community find out more about you where can they get hold of you well, I'm a, in a few places. You can visit me at on my website at www.mylifeuninterrupted.com. Um, or you can see me on Facebook at rnbossd. Um, so I have my Facebook page there and also a support group at Black Women Who Care. So that's three ways that you can find me if you wanted to know more. Or, or on Instagram, you could also follow me on IG at rnbossd. That's fabulous. Diana, thank you so much for your time. And I just love what you're doing. I really feel that that is so, so helpful and supportive in so many ways to people. And we need that. We need more of it. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time.